0: What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Niners Nation Schedule Reaction Live Show. I'm Rob Stats Carrera, and with me right now is Niner Nate. What
1: is up, Niner Nate? Sorry, I was, I was tweeting out the link to the stream and talking about why we're going to go 17-0 this year. I'm doing great. I think that schedule was uh, the the juice I needed
0: to get ready for my boy Trey to take over. Look, <laughs> First of all, if you're not watching the stream... Nine or Nate is in the Trey Lance QBU shirt that Lance wore for his pro day. It's the North Dakota state colors and logo. So you're all, you're all in already on Trey Lance. I I mean, (laughs) the
1: initial shock of it, not being Justin Fields. I'm kind of over it at that, at this point. And, you know, Trey's my guy and, you know, I'm ready to go win. And I hope that he's the quarterback this year. So I'm going to support my guy until he gives me a reason not to support him. Like a certain other quarterback did. (laughs)
0: so we are going to be here for about 45 minutes or so just looking at the schedule breaking things down Uh, we want your questions comments so feel free facebook youtube also on periscope uh, via my twitter handle at stats on fire fire the questions array. we will be happy to answer them we're going to have different people popping in throughout the night and look we knew the opponents but the order is a huge thing it definitely matters i mean look at the 49ers last year right out of the gate they got hurt like that it totally changes everything if you have injuries early in the year but a bunch of cupcakes you can survive it as opposed to all your tough games early and then you're you know two and six or whatever it is and your, your season's kind of done so the order definitely matters and week one at detroit couldn't, couldn't ask for a, couldn't ask for a better game right nate I can't wait to watch Nick Bosa kill Jared
1: Goff on national <laughs> television. I'm so excited. You know, it's like, it's going to be great. Cause like last year we had Arizona and there was so much hype around Arizona leading into that game. And this year, like there's no hype around this Detroit lions team. It's Jared goof and Nick Bosa's
0: back and he's going to eat them alive. And not only that, I mean, Penae Sewell just said he had co, he tested positive for COVID it's mm-hmm. his first game. And God knows how long, like enjoy Nick Bosa. I know Bosa's coming off an ACL, But I'll take Jared Goff and Nick Bosa, you know, I'll take that matchup any day of the week. I love starting off with Detroit, and they followed up another road game week two in Philadelphia, both early body clock games. So -hmm. that'll probably be Niner staying on the East Coast, I would imagine, like they usually do in that situation. And I I didn't want to get into this this early, but I, I... I have to get into it, Nate. (laughs) I know where this is going. Because you tweeted it this morning, and I had the exact same thought. You know, we got kind of an early heads up on what some of the games were going to be. When Mm -hmm. you go Lions-Eagles week one and week two, if you were ever going to start a 21-year-old quarterback who's only played one game in the last year, those are the two teams you would pick to start the season with, right? Yeah, I, I just think that, you know,
1: There's nothing about the Lions, nothing the Lions have that really scares me to, you know, make Trey Lance's jump into the NFL harder. You know, I think that anything, they're just going to score a ton of points on this team. And I think that if anything, they can, they can afford to maybe look a little sloppy. It's week one and it's against a team who, you know, really isn't a threat. And then with that Eagles team, you know, they're not really that great either. They just, they're on a, I think they're on a rookie head coach. And I'm pretty sure both of those teams are actually rookie head coaches, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm thinking correctly. So, I mean, you could go in there and Shanahan can kind of ease Trey Lance into, you know, the offense against two not good football teams before you see that third opponent, which is where things get a little more interesting.
0: Yeah, by the way, I just want to point out Jared Goff's passer rating against the Niners in the last two years, 70.3. Not exactly great if you're Jared Goff. I'm sure he probably didn't want to start the season against the 49ers either. And the other thing, Nate, too, I think it's a nice soft landing for D'Amico Ryans, you know, our rookie defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Nobody thinks about that, but you're obviously going to be better at any job the longer you do it. And he's never been a defensive coordinator before, so I like him. Especially week one, starting against a quarterback he's very familiar with, and weeks one and two, not exactly starting off with the the juggernaut, so to speak.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna have to like scheme for any crazy offenses. I mean, not that I I don't really know a ton about what the Lions are gonna do this year. Um, I I don't think their offense is gonna be anything special. You know, they have DeAndre Swift or whatever, and that'll be a threat, obviously. But there's nothing about that offense that scares me. Just like with the Eagles, there's nothing about that offense that scares me other than the fact that they have a mobile quarterback. Which is something San Francisco struggled in the past with. So, but I don't see Jalen Hurts as being, you know, Lamar Jackson type speed when they come, you know, when
0: they come to Philadelphia. And I just want to point out I know a lot of people have already said this, but the last two times the 49ers (laughs) opened the season against the Lions, the only two times they won the Super Bowl, 1981 and 1984. So I'm not saying the Niners are going going to win the Super Bowl championship. I'm just saying history kind of says, you know, the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl championship.
1: <laughs> rookie quarterback going to win the Super Bowl the first time. Last year we had a first team to win the Super Bowl at home.
0: This year we're going to have the first rookie quarterback <laughs> right. to win the Super Bowl. It's just the that, way, it's inevitable. That is the perfect counter because I've been saying that if the 49ers had good quarterback play, they could win the Super Bowl and people are calling me crazy and they're saying the same thing you're saying, Nate. Oh, it's never happened before, but that's the perfect answer. Well, no team had ever hosted a Super Bowl, but the Buccaneers just did it and they won. So stuff that's never happened before can happen. And real quick,
1: before we get into the rest of the schedule, the reason Trey Lance wore that L.A. hat today was because he was saying where he's going to be playing the Super Bowl in next year, (laughs) letting everybody know, hey, this is where the Super Bowl is, and I'm going to be there.
0: I'm going to be the quarterback there. And we're going to get to the schedule, but you brought up the Trey Lance thing. Who cares what hat he wears? Like, didn't we already go through this when Colin Kaepernick had a Dolphins hat on and people got all mad? Like, who cares? Who, he, this just in. He's came into, or he's gonna come into, as soon as he signs, a lot of money. He probably yeah. has a lot of hats. Get over it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't bother me at all. It's, uh, you know, it's a kid being a kid, and and you know, I'm just happy that he's coming to town. You know, we're, we're day away from him being in town with that niner helmet on, and you know, obviously we're not gonna get to see a ton because it's just you know shirts and helmet, but it's just exciting to know that he's here, and you know, we're not too far off from seeing him play in a preseason game here soon.
0: All right, let me run through the rest of the schedule quickly. So it's week one at Detroit, week two at Philadelphia. Week three, home opener against Aaron Rodgers, maybe, and the Packers on NBC Sunday Night Football. Week four is the first division game of the year. That is also at home. That's against Seattle. Week five is our first matchup against Arizona. That is in Arizona. And then, Nate, We get the week six bye, which isn't terrible. It is a little earlier than I would have liked. But what do you think of those first five, or I should say six weeks for the Niners? I I like, well, obviously I like the first two weeks. I think those are
1: definitely wins. I think that the Niners have owned Green Bay so much when they're healthy. And I think that the addition of Trey Sermon is going to scare the crap out of them. And I think that, you know, the faithful being back in the building, all that hype, Sunday night football, the home opener, I expect the 49ers to come out and bring the heat and destroy Aaron Rodgers. I expect Nick Bosa to get after the quarterback. I expect to see some Samson Abucam, and I expect to go win that game. And then Seattle comes to town the following week. And, I mean, they're coming off a pretty tough stretch to start. I mean, they play Indianapolis, the first game of the season in Indianapolis. Like, I don't want to see Indianapolis at all. That's a game I'm pretty worried about. And I think that... You know, nothing Seattle did this offseason really scares me. I mean, I think their first pick they used this year in the draft was a wide receiver, and I think that they signed Dunlap again, and I think they signed Kerry Heider, but they were the worst pass rush in the NFL. And yeah, it's gotten better, but it's not insanely better. It really comes down to, is the offense going to continue to be a gimmick like it was at the beginning of the season that got figured out, or are they going to figure out a way to continue to make that offense better to the point where they can become a threat and that Russell Wilson won't be running for his life, which... Highly doubt that's going to happen anytime soon.
0: And then what was the
1: fourth game again, Rob? I forgot it. I'm sorry.
0: The fourth game is against Seattle. That's week four. Oh, I'm sorry. Then it was the fifth game. My bad. Week five is Arizona in Arizona.
1: I, As long as Cliff Kingsbury is there, I just don't – I'm not afraid of the Arizona Cardinals. And if Trey Lance is the quarterback, I feel even better about it because Jimmy Garoppolo cannot beat the Arizona Cardinals. For some reason last year, he you know, ran around like an idiot and could, couldn't do anything – and I, I'd love to have our own running quarterback against their running quarterback. And, you know, our scheme versus their scheme, we're going to win that game for sure, um, I think, if Trey Lance is the quarterback. But then that's the thing is the bye week is week six. Do you start Jimmy Garoppolo for those first four weeks and then or five weeks and then eventually right. put Trey Lance in at the bye? Or, you know, that's a decision they're going to have to make. And I think that that's a decision that's going to be made when we get to the preseason. I think that's, a, that's not a really a question anyone can answer until we get to the preseason game.
0: If you are wondering, the preseason is week one against the Chiefs, week two against the Chargers, and week three against the Raiders. So that was the question for me. was like, when is the bye week? Because when you're dealing with a possible quarterback change, the bye week is important because ideally you'd like to change quarterbacks before the bye so that the new guy has the extra week to learn the game plan, learn the plays, all that stuff. And so it's kind of an early bye for the 49ers. Do you think Kyle Shanahan, if he does start the season with Jimmy Garoppolo, as Mike Swaney says on Facebook, Jimmy will be our starter. Do you think if Kyle does go that route that he says, okay, you know what? Five games, I've seen enough. We're making a change. Uh, I think they,
1: absolutely. I think that by then the rookie's ready. I mean, that's the thing is if, if, if he's as smart as we've been told, and that's been the thing that since the day they drafted Trey Lance, we've been told constantly how smart he is, how fast he picks it up. How fast he's able to learn everything. If he's as smart as, as as we've been told and he's not the starter by the bye week, I think we have a problem. Or Jimmy Garoppolo's playing at an all-pro level. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at an all-pro level, then that's terrific for us because right. that means we can rest Trey Lance. And in case Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, which he might, because that's a thing that has happened many times. Trey Lance can come in, you know, once that injury happens. But if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at an all-pro level and we get to that week five or that week six bye, then great, keep playing him. But if we're sitting there and you know we've lost two of those games to Seattle or to Green Bay or whatever, there's no reason that Trey Lance should not be the quarterback by week six.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would like to see it earlier. Um, oh, me too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Alex, watching on YouTube, is asking for predictions on how many games Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start. I think, oh, man. Here's here's where I... 0.0. 0.0. You're holding it up right there? Here's 0.0. The... Point zero the thing if he comes out in the preseason even if it's you know against scrubs and lance is lighting it up the rabble's going to start and it's going to start early and kyle can say all the nice things he wants about jimmy garoppolo i think he would like in a perfect world if you gave kyle shanahan truth serum and said who do you want to start a quarterback this year he would say trey lance i honestly believe that given all the capital they gave up to get him and and everything that is was involved with that deal and how glowingly they've talked about him afterwards i think that kyle wants to start trey lance i think he's looking for an excuse to start trey lance and if he lights it up in the preseason combined with those two games to start in detroit and philly like we said I think it, there's a good chance it is Trey Lance and if he doesn't struggle it'll that'll be the end of Garoppolo and uh, Scarlet and Gold. Totally. I mean that's how I feel too is um
1: the preseason for Trey Lance and J- Jimmy Garoppolo are so important because if Jimmy Garoppolo comes out against you know the Kansas City Chiefs and any or just any of those teams rather you know there's only three preseason games first it's not four anymore so that means that all important fourth game where it's just a bunch of you know, BS going on. That's not happening anymore. So in all three of those games, Jimmy Garoppolo will play in all three of those preseason games. Yes. And when he steps off that field, if Trey Lance comes onto that field and looks that much better, which we've talked about on my shows many a times about how Russell Wilson came in and every single time Russell Wilson came in his rookie year, he looked better than the starter. Dak Prescott, when he came in and started for that team, he looked way better than what Tony Romo had shown the last couple of years. And Tony Romo, keep in mind, had an injury problem. That was why Tony Romo kept missing seasons. Jimmy Garoppolo injury problem has a guy who could potentially have more talent than him. These preseason games are immensely, immensely important to what this team does, you know, into the season.
0: I totally agree. I'm going to be glued to the set for sure. From the second football comes back. Uh, Let's finish going through the rest of the schedule. Week six is the bye. week. Seven is a home game on Sunday night football. That's the DeForest Buckner reunion. Nate, uh, I'm liking that it's at home at least for the 49ers, so that is good there. Then I like week... Carson Wentz on the other side of the field too, and not the uh, Phillip Rivers. Week eight is could be potentially awesome if Trey Lance is starting because they're in Chicago, and that could potentially be <laughs> Trey Lance against the guy the 49ers passed up in Justin Fields. So I'm all for that game on Halloween, that's going to be great. Week nine, the Niners are back home, they face Arizona. Week 10, Monday Night Football, another primetime game. This is against the Rams. That's the first game against the Rams. So two division games back-to-back in weeks 9 and 10 for the Niners. Week 11, they travel to Jacksonville to play the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence and possibly Tim Tebow if he's there. Week 12, home against Minnesota. Kirk Cousins coming back to face his uh, first love, or I guess Kyle Shanahan's first love. Week 13 is Sunday night football again. That is on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. And one thing I like is week 14 after that game, which could be a physical game, that is the game that the 49ers play the 18th game, so to speak, against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm Joe am for having a cupcake against uh, <laughs> or after a Seattle game for sure. Week 15, the Niners are back home again to face the Falcons. Week 16 is the Thursday night game. So they are on the road. That's December 23rd. They play Tennessee, which could be an interesting game. Titans, some people think, are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. So there could be a lot on the line there. Week 17, home against the Texans. Outstanding cupcake game at home. I don't know. Right. That Tyrod Taylor, great. (laughs) Maybe it'd be Davis Mills Maybe by be that Jimmy point. Garoppolo. <laughs> that, could, that could be true. If Jimmy gets moved, you never know. And then week 18 <laughs> is a road game. So the Niners open the season and close the season on the road. They are in L.A. to face the Rams. And that is the only division game the 49ers play in the last quarter of their schedule. So sort of a weird ending there. And the only two home games in the last six games the Niners play. So they're going to be... On the road a lot at the end of the year.
1: I just think that this LA Rams team is really the only team that scares me on the schedule. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't want to play that Colts team just because I think their defense is so good. But luckily, Carson Wentz is on the other side of the field and he doesn't scare me at all. You know, he has a horrible decision making constantly. He did beat the 49ers last year. True, to be fair, it was Nick Mullins that lost in that game. Well, that's true. Carson Wentz did not beat the 49ers. Nick Mullins beat the 49ers. (laughs) But um, the LA Rams scare me just because. You know, we talk about so much about Sean McVay and how he's basically similar to Kyle Shanahan. Well, now he has Matthew Stafford, and Matthew Stafford is much better than Jared Goof. So the thing is, is it, how good is Stafford with that team? Does he stay healthy? And if, you know, if this final game of the season is flexed to Sunday night football, and that's for the division, that wouldn't surprise me at all. There's so much that can be said about this Niners-Rams, I think, the battle they're going to have for this division this year. And I think a lot of that's going to rely on quarterback play and who wins that division.
0: I completely agree with you. Um I'm, I'm worried about the Rams more than the Seahawks, to be honest with you. Me too. No, totally. I'm not worried about the Seahawks. Their roster is not good. Yeah. They, like the Seattle, they're
1: the Seattle Russell Wilson. still.
0: I know that the Rams, you know, the 49ers have beaten the Rams four straight times, but that was with Jared Goff. And Sean McVay was still winning double-digit games with that cupcake every year, and now he's getting a much better quarterback, and we think he's going to be worse? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. No,
1: they will not be worse. Absolutely not. The thing is, is what the one thing that is kind of in the Niners' favor is some people think that Sean McVay got figured out two years ago. And if he did get figured out, no matter who the quarterback is, that's something that we could use to our advantage because nobody's figured out Kyle Shanahan still.
0: Well, that's true. Because Shanahan's the master and McVeigh and LaFleur and everybody else are the apprentices. Let's be honest. They are. They He's are Anakin to our to our Obi-Wan. That's right. Obi-Wan is the greatest <laughs> Jedi. Everybody knows it. Uh, how about this question from Eller Nick, who's watching on Periscope? What is the toughest game following a 10 a.m. East Coast game? That is an interesting. I, it's it's got to be Green Bay in week three after the game against the Eagles, right? Yeah, I think
1: you're probably right on that. But just because um I just think just because it's the home opener and there's so much hype around that game and it being the fans back at Levi's, yep. I think that's going to be a game they win. But that's a tough game, you know, especially if it's Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the field. If it's Jordan Love, I'm not too worried about because I don't know what Jordan Love is really. You know, obviously nobody really does. Um, and maybe it's Blake Bortles for all we know. Like who know who really knows what the Packers put out quarterback? But we all know. The, the packers defense cannot stop the san francisco 49ers at all cannot nope. stop raheem and will not be able to start tra- stop Trey, and will not be able to stop um uh jeff wilson and so that's the thing is that the running back core if the niners are healthy in that game they should be able to run all over that green bay team no matter who the quarterback is just like you know just like tampa bay did last year around this same time i think it was like week 3 or 4 you know ta- green bay came into tampa and just got destroyed and i think
0: that's what the 49ers will do to them I mean, they should be able to run on everybody, presumably. I was just thinking about it because you mentioned, you know, we don't know Aaron Rodgers potentially could be off Green Bay. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But there is a universe where the 49ers could play their whole schedule where the toughest quarterback they play is Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins and Matt Stafford. Like that is an amazingly easy schedule. If, if Rogers is off the Packers and we're assuming Deshaun Watson is not going to play Mm because right now it seems like he's not going to play with Houston. I mean, the quarterbacks, Jared Goff, uh, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, again, obviously Stafford again, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. It's either fields or Dalton, Kirk (laughs) Cousins in week 12, Wilson again, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, whoever the hell the Texans are going to have. And then Stafford again, like, yeah, that's why I come to this, this thing constantly about quarterback on,
1: on any show I do is, is it's so reliant on the 49ers quarterback play. And I think if the 49ers have anything close, if Trey Lance is anything close to Justin Herbert, they're in the Super Bowl, And that's why I've said that. <laughs> I don't think that's a hot take because look at this schedule. We've known who these opponents were for so long. And now we know the order they're in. But if Trey Lance is anything like what Justin Herbert was able to do last year, they're in the Super Bowl. Like that's it's as simple as that. And oh, obviously, man, th- that's not gonna happen. That's not guaranteed <laughs> to happen. You know, I, <laughs> being Justin Herbert's pretty hard. He was really special. What's up, Fish? Um, he was really around. special last year. And I think, but I think if Trey Lance is that guy, this team can win a lot of these games and potentially win the division and potentially the number one seed
0: let's get another opinion let's bring in vish kumar and you know him from mondays with vish with grant cohen and also from his youtube channel blake and vish sports what's up man
2: i'm doing good how are you guys
0: we're just right. trying to break down this schedule nate thinks the 49ers are going 18 and 0 as long as trey lance starts and they're guaranteed to win the super bowl your thoughts
2: yeah i mean <laughs> i think i think that's a little that's a little <laughs> bit of a stretch. Um I actually don't know what to make of this schedule yet. I've been kind of just going through it. I think there's quite a few really tough games. And, uh, you do? It's gonna be, yeah. I mean, I think the Colts are a tough team. I think all six division games are tough, actually. I really do. I think all six of them are tough games. I think the Colts are a tough game. I, I still think – I think the Vikings are going to be better. Um, uh, I think that uh, if Aaron Rodgers plays, obviously Green Bay will be tough. So there's about eight or nine tough games, and then I'm assuming that one of these random teams is just going to blow up next year. That's that's the one thing I'm kind of worried about. Like, we look at, like, Cincinnati and Atlanta and all those teams, and we're, like, tight. And even the Titans, because, you know, they had to rebuild their entire defense. And we're like, okay, we can kind of look at those teams. They're taking a step back. The Niners are obviously taking a step forward with guys getting healthy. But it, it's hard to say. And uh, I'm actually a little more worried, actually, about the Detroit game week one than most people. I think it's going to be a really, really ugly game. I don't think the Niners are just going to steam through Detroit. Uh, Their offensive line is terrific. Nick Bosa is coming off of an ACL. And here's a stat for everybody. In Kyle Shanahan's 13 seasons that he has ran an offense. So his 13 seasons as an offensive coordinator and a head coach. This is probably the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Do you know what his team's average on week one points per game? offensively? I don't
3: 2019. know. I
2: know that. 19. Wow. He's, his offenses have struggled historically week one. It's not like Jimmy Garoppolo has been pretty poor week one. He was terrible week one, 2019. He <laughs> yeah, played he pretty was. poorly last year. Minnesota <laughs> game, I mean, he threw the three interceptions, but you also had a ton of uh, drops throughout that game. I mean, George Kittle dropped his 70-yard touchdown. Pierre Garçon dropped two balls in the red zone. Alfred Morse fumbled at the half-yard line. And then obviously the first game with Brian Hoyer, Carolina steamrolled them. But this has been kind of a common theme within week one. Even Atlanta, the MVP year, Matt Ryan's MVP year, they went up against the 23rd rank Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. And they only put up 24 points, which is nine less than their season average that year. So I, th- I still think they'll beat Detroit. But I think people are looking at that game as just they're going to steamroll them. I think Detroit's going to be a physical team next year. I don't think they'll be a good one, but I think they'll play a Tough football game week
0: one. Going to welcome in Graham Puba from NinersNation.com. Kyle Posey, what's up, KP?
3: Nate, QBU, love it. I want that shirt back, man. I love that. I'll send
0: you the link. So, <laughs> Kyle, uh, Vish was just saying he thinks there's like seven, eight, maybe even nine tough games for the Niners on the schedule. Nate and I kind of think it's it set up pretty well for San Francisco. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I could see why. Because, I mean l- – the 49ers were what they were over a touchdown favorites in week one last week, last year. And everybody thought they're going to steamroll the Cardinals and lo and behold, that did not happen. And every, this is football, man. This happens every year where you look at a team, you look at a schedule knowing that they have the talent on their roster. Yeah. The 49ers should win 12, 11 games, like at the bare minimum and anything less than that would be a disappointment. And I don't disagree with that at all, but That's not how this game works. There are always these dogfight games where you're just going to get your best shot all the time, especially if you're the 49ers, who are a cash cow to the NFL. So with these five primetime games, um, you you, you have the Packers and then even the division games like the Seahawks, the Cardinals. Those are going to be tough. The Colts are not going to be easy. The Bears are a good team. And if Justin Fields is as good as we all hyped him up to be, that's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. I will say, though, that December stretch where I saw some people saying that it might be a tough way to end the season, I actually think that's going to be the easier part of the schedule where I don't think the Titans are going to be anywhere near as good as they were last year. I think there's going to be a drop-off there. Uh, The Falcons are the Falcons. They're probably not going to be, you know, just a very good defensive team. And Kyle Shannon tends to beat those type of teams up. And then you have the Bengals and the Texans. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about the last half of the schedule at all.
0: The only thing thing I don't like is that they play Atlanta in week 15 and then four days later is the Thursday night game against Tennessee that's the only part of that that I don't like because I agree with you it kind of sets up nice in December but the four days you know the short week there Tennessee Mike Vrabel is not a bad coach that's the only part that gives me pause am I am I overthinking it Nate I don't think so
1: no I mean like Thursday night football games are notorious for injuries that's the thing is like Richard Sherman's talked about it a million times you know like we shouldn't play games on Thursday night because our, you know, our guys get injured. I think they had a game when he was in Seattle where they lost like four key defensive starters on a Thursday night game against the Rams. And so he understands more than anything. It's it's hard on your body to play in a car crash on Sunday. Four days later, go play in another car crash. And so that's the thing is, and Tennessee's physical. Their defense is gonna be as yeah. good, like Bish said. They're still physical, and Derrick Henry's gonna run the ball right up your freaking face. Like that's gonna be <laughs> their plan. That is going to be their plan when they play San Francisco on four days' rest. They're going to run the ball right up your face and you're going to have to stop it. And it's going to be up to Kinlaw and Eric Armstead and hopefully D Ford and Ebucham and Bosa to stop that. And Fred Warner, of course. Like it's going to be them being able to stop Derrick Henry is how they win that game. That,
2: that's my thing with Tennessee. And I, I think their offensive line, when they get Taylor Luan back, I mean, Roger Saffold to Mahler. Taylor Luan is, when he's healthy, one of the better left tackles in the NFL. Obviously, Derrick Henry, that's going to be kind of where he starts his stretch run. You know, he's kind of like very good at the beginning of the season. And then November, December hits and he turns into a prime Adrian Peterson. And he just is running for 200 yards every other game. So that game worries me. And then I have a question for KP, because I actually think Atlanta's defense is going to be much improved. And I think that's solely because of Dean Pease. I mean, when you go from Dan Quinn, who's pretty much as vanilla as any defensive coordinator out there to Dean Pease, who probably does as much as anybody. I think it's going to make a difference. I mean, you look at the Titans defense two years ago, when they went to the AFC championship game, I, I didn't look at that Titans defense as this overly talented defense. They really couldn't rush the passer even then. And that was with the rookie Jeffrey Simmons. And um, they, they, uh, they did pretty well on defense because Dean Pease was so creative on third down. So I think that Atlanta is going to be a little tougher, especially because when I look at Kyle Pitts on that offense, I look at it as like, as long as they're not a cursed organization, once again, Atlanta's got to be one of the top three or four offenses in the NFL. When you have, when you have Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, and possibly still Julio.
3: I agree with that. So I agree with the offensive part because they are going to score points. And we all expect the 49ers defense to remain a top 10 defense, but Against Atlanta, it is going to be tough for any team to slow them down, especially if they're still a healthy Julio. Calvin Ridley is so underrated, and they upgraded on the offensive line. So back to the defense. Dean Pease, I feel like he is aggressive, and that does help against certain teams, against certain, you know, play callers. So the Ravens, in that playoff game that you mentioned, the Ravens didn't really – so Greg Roman was calling their freaking plays, and you guys know about Greg Roman. Um, But – Kyle Shanahan is a different beast and when you just look at their roster at who the Falcons have on the other side of the ball name one player that would scare you or that would even threaten you and you really can't name that person uh Deion Jones is that going to be your answer the ghost of Grady Jarrett there's nobody in that (laughs) secondary that really you know would worry you so um just for those reasons I wouldn't be as worried about the Falcons because they I just don't think they're capable of getting stops. The 49ers would essentially have to shoot themselves in the foot, which I will not put that past them because (laughs) they are very talented at that. What I would be worried about more so is, so there are seven games packed in the middle of the schedule, and they're all good teams. So if we just go down starting week three, so you have the Packers at home, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. not going to be easy. Then you have Russell Wilson. Then you have Kyler Murray. Then you get the bye, which probably comes at a good time after you're facing those three quality teams – But you come off that, Colts, really good roster, just talked about the Bears, Cardinals, Rams again. So that is going to be a fun stretch where every week I imagine that spread is not going to be greater than like three or four points. So we're going to see some quality football this year, and I think we're going to find out a lot about the 49ers early on.
1: I think the elephant in the room too with me and Robert talking a little bit about before you guys got here is like, you know, who's the quarterback in these games. And so like with the early bye week, it l- allows you to start Jimmy Garoppolo at the beginning of the season if you want. And if he's not good, then switch. But I mean, in an ideal world week 15 against the Falcons, Trey Lance is the quarterback and the threat of him running the football, you know, and his superior arm strength is superior decision-making and his superior, just everything, you know, compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. That defense doesn't scare me at all. And so, I mean, it, that's the one thing I think that's hard to gauge the schedule from is because we do not know who the quarterback is going to be
3: exactly. Should we just assume that it is Jimmy until further notice or like, how does that work? Because if you're looking at the schedule, you know, you, you don't ideally you have the rookie come in after the bye. But those two those teams that we just reeled off, you probably don't want Trey Lance. Getting off the ground against a good Colts team, a good Bears team, a good Cardinals team, a good rent. Like those are all really good defenses that play fast and that are aggressive. So I'm not sure if you want to roll your rookie out there against those type of teams. But then again, after that, you have Jaguars and Vikings and then Bengals, Falcons, Titans. So uh, those might be it might be a better question to um, just wait a little down the road for Trey Lance. But again, like that's pretty fast. It's fascinating to think about because there are so many different variables and answers to the, to that question.
2: So I think, go ahead, Rob, My bad.
3: Oh,
0: I was just going to ask you, Vish, like to me and Nate and I were talking about this, you start Lions, Eagles, start Lance from the get-go. Don't worry about starting him against the Colts, KP. Start him week one against the Lions and <laughs> let's roll. What do you think, Vish?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've always been in the boat. If, if he's ready by the end of training camp, there should be no attachment to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't understand this. This team just traded two first round picks for a quarterback. And it's just I mean, people don't like when you say three, but it's a saying we've called this three first round picks for the last like 10 years I've been watching the NFL, but now people don't like it. So I say two and a third, you don't trade that much so that he can ride the bench. They did it one month before the draft. They really wanted to get a quarterback. So if he's ready, he should be on the field. Like to me, that, that part of it makes no sense. Um, in terms of where when he should start, if that first start is against the Colts, geez, geez, that's a rough place to start. It is. Even even if Kyle Shanahan can do so many things, the things with the the thing with the Colts defense is that they're not like overly complicated schematically. They're a little bit like the Niners defense from 2019, but maybe a little less creative in the sense that they play very sound. They play zone coverage, and they're really really fast. And so I think that would be a really, really tough spot for Trey Lance to start. Especially, I think that's a Sunday night game, right? It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't wish that upon him. I think you guys have the right idea. If he's ready week one, there should be nothing here. Like, there should be no reason to start Jimmy Garoppolo. Because if if that, if that, they had that my thought process, like, oh my God, then why are you trading up one month before the draft to go get a quarterback? Why are you trading this much to go get a quarterback? If you're comfortable with Jimmy starting this year, you didn't. You could have waited and seen like, oh, there's a quarterback at six that we kind of like. Let's go get him on the day of the draft. The fact that they did it one month before the draft, to me, it's a no-brainer. Whenever he's ready, he should start. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. That's the thing is like I said before you guys got here, you know, those preseason games if he looks like he's a comparable football player, which I think he's going to look like that, I think that we're going to see some of that Russell Wilson stuff we saw when he took over in Seattle, where every time the starter stepped off the field and Russell Wilson came in a preseason, he was noticeably better. If we see that, then there's no reason that he should not be the starter against the Detroit Lions week one.
0: Quick uh, question or a comment I want to answer here. Donald watching on Facebook asks, should we see what Rosen has to offer in the preseason to see what we have in him? No. <laughs> That's that's yeah. it. That's all I'm going to say about that. That that should not be a thing. I just yeah. I, I like look KFB. at it as Kyle wants a reason not to start Lance. That's what the preseason is going to be about. And as long as he doesn't get one, I think that's who he's going with. And Jimmy will just have to deal with it. And I, I think that Kyle looks at it like I can I can get him through the first two weeks week three against the Packers is going to be tough, but you know what? You got to win these games. If you're going to be a big time quarterback, but I think by game three, I think Kyle thinks, Hey, I can get him up and running enough to where he'll be. Okay. I remember the
3: Raiders situation uh, when they drafted Derek Carr and everybody thought that Carr was going to sit and Matt Schaub would be the guy. And Jimmy is much better than Matt Schaub. I'm not comparing the two players. I'm just comparing the situation where Derek Carr comes in and they're like, oh, uh, we're going to take this guy off the field. (laughs) Do you guys just see any sort of scenario where that happens with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, where Trey comes in? And yeah, it's a preseason. But you have to remember also, he's going against the 49ers defense every day in training camp, where the other quarterback that we are talking about, I have seen him in training camp the last two years. And I can pull up the notes that have been published on Niners Nation. It is not pretty. And I feel like that always gets danced around, too. So now that there are there is competition and we have a chance to see Lance go against a better defense and he does light it up, is there any situation where you can see a Derek Carr matchup scenario working out where uh, he's just so good that you have to play him?
2: Uh, I, I actually see the a uh, different scenario. I see Carson Wentz, Sam Bradford. Injury-prone starter, pretty throwing motion, accurate short thrower, uh, FCS, NDSU, big guy, played in a pro-style offense. Like it, To me, it's the same exact thing all over again. Now, I don't wish anybody to get the Teddy Bridgewater injury, allowing the Niners to just unload Garoppolo for a fourth, first and a fourth the way uh, the Vikings were able to, Sam Brad, or excuse me, the Eagles were able to, Sam Bradford to the Vikings, but... I could see something like that happening. And I don't remember Carson Wentz being overly impressive in that preseason, but by all accounts, he was killing it in training camp. And the coaches were just wowed by him in practice. And I think that's the big thing. And KP, you touched on it. And I feel like you and Grant actually are the two beat writers that have harped on this the most. Like Jimmy Garoppolo has not been very good in practice in his time with the 49ers. So I I think that that should give you all the more reason. If Like Kyle Shanahan has talked about how – he, he kind of knows and can gauge through practice. He doesn't care about preseason games and all of that. So if if he's ready, I mean, I'm not saying rush Trey Lance and make him the starter. That's why you have Jimmy. But if he's ready, there's no reason to not put him on the field.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the thing is, like, we've watched Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what he is. He's 30 years old. Like, there's, he's not going to change. He's going to go out there and he's going to do his Jimmy Garoppolo thing, which, you know, like you said, he's better than Matt Schaub. He's a decent quarterback. He. Generally is okay, you know. That Arizona game last year was, I mean, one of the worst football games I've ever watched from a quarterback. But like, we know what we're getting into. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. It's really hard to watch. I've watched it recently. It hurts your eyes. Like, don't watch it if you haven't watched it recently. Anyways, but the thing is, is we know what Jimmy Garoppolo is. I feel like if anybody knows what Trey Lance is, it's Kyle Shanahan, and I think that he's going to see pretty quickly into training camp who his quarterback is going to be, but they won't announce it until preseason's over. But I think when we have our own eyes on these preseason games and Kyle has his eyes, like, there's no reason that they should be like, well, we spent $24 million on this guy. we got to start him. Like, no, you spent three first-round picks on the guy. Start him. He's better. We know he's better.
0: KP. We've been talking about the schedule here and everybody, you know, all the teams put in their special requests for the schedule. Some teams want to have their, if they have East coast games, have them back to back. They all do that. There's a million billion trillion possibilities for the schedule. How do you think the Niners feel about this schedule?
3: I would say that they have to be pretty happy. So it, they're starting on the road back to back, but they get green Bay and Seattle at home early in the season. I feel like that's something that you would want. And then again, Looking at December, there's no way you can be upset about going to Jacksonville, which is in November, going to Cincinnati, which is in December, then playing the Falcons. And then if you're going to get a team, I know we just talked about them being smash mouth, but on the other side of the ball, the Titans are soft on defense. So having the Titans and the Texans in December uh, or January, technically, I guess, that would not be something that you could complain about because they could have easily had a murderer's row or a gauntlet, as was the case in 2019. And while they handled that well, Um, those, those games are usually the type of games that are coin flips. So yeah, I wouldn't be, uh, I would not be too upset if I were them at all, but it it doesn't hurt that they have a last place schedule as well. So they're definitely benefiting from that.
2: I I think the other thing to look at is I don't look at the schedule and say, wow, like, man, if they go there outside of maybe Cincinnati in December, uh, I don't look at it as they're going to be screwed by weather. Like I live in Chicago. I know what October is like in Chicago compared to November in the city it's a massive difference so like I think that makes a difference too where they're not going to have to go to a game where like you go to Lambeau Field in the middle of December and it's just you're playing in the blizzard and basically you lose that game because you played in a blizzard that kind of thing is not going to happen to them because they're playing warm weather teams in December outside of Cincinnati
3: yeah you get Philly early on too at Philly so that's another one
2: yeah
1: That'll be a great second game of Trey Lance's career to go to Philadelphia <laughs> and deal with those fans. My goodness.
3: In <laughs> terms of I was gonna start. I was just getting, was going to start me so he doesn't have to deal with the Philly fans. Oh, God. Church of the year right there, baby. I I'm
0: surprised that really yeah the only bad weather game Cincinnati in December that could get dicey but other than that and maybe Seattle in December you'll get one of those really cold just horrible Seattle days that they always seem to end up playing at least one game like that um but other than that they make out pretty well and I don't want to I'm tempted to do the thing where you go okay 1 and 0 2 and 0 I don't want to do that because it's May but I just, I, the way I look at it and the way it's laid out, I know the 49ers have what is it, five early body clock games at 10 a.m. But the fact that two of those are back to back, you got basically 20% of your road games are taken care of in the first two weeks of the season. I think it lays out very well. And you start to look at some of the other schedules, especially of the teams in the division. I think the 49ers are set up, man. I, I hate That's to, you know. I don't want to wear the Homer hat, but Nate, do you have the Seahawks schedule pulled up in front of you? I can pull it up real quick if you
3: want. It's awesome.
0: I got it. You're All right, KP, give us some highlights from the Seahawks schedule. How's it looking?
3: So they open up at the Colts. That's not going to be an easy game because that is at Indy and it's a 10 a.m. game. So then they go Titans at Vikings. at. So they go week four mm. is at Niners. Then they go to the Rams on a short week. Thursday night. That's not going to be easy. And then they go travel from Los Angeles on Thursday and play the Steelers. And then they go Steelers to the Saints on Monday night. Then they get the Jags by week. then they come back after the bye at Green Bay, Arizona, Washington, San Francisco. They get a break (sighs) with the Texans, but then they go Rams, Bears, Lions, at Cardinals. So, yeah, there's a big difference in the schedules when you're just looking at what the Seahawks have to do compared to what the 49ers have to do?
2: Here's my thing with Seattle, though. I feel like I feel this way every single offseason. I look at their schedule. I'm like, (laughs) oh, they're really in for it this year. I look at their roster, and I'm like, yeah, there's no way Russell Wilson's taking this roster to the playoffs this year. And then you're around week eight. They're and 6-2. Right. The schedule has somehow worked out conveniently. You know, this quarterback didn't play this game. These two players didn't play that game and these teams aren't as good as we anticipated. And I'm like, Oh crap, they're really good again. So that's my reservation with Seattle. I'm trying not to do this this year because I've been caught into doing this the last three, four years and it's not ended well for me
1: brand new offensive coordinator though keep that in mind so they're literally running out a brand new offensive system which is could either be good or bad and you know Pete carroll's still going to do that stupid thing where he runs the running back on all three down, so, <laughs> despite the fact their quarterback is going to be a hall of famer
0: yeah i love starting the year against two rookie head coaches that's fantastic they get another rookie head coach in urban meyer great like i've Coaching matters. And I love playing against rookie head coaches for sure. I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the better situational head coaches in the league. And sometimes these games are close and it comes down to those kind of decisions. And I want the guy that, you know, has been there for years and has playoff and Super Bowl experience over the guys that have never
3: done it before. How do you think Kyle Shanahan's aggression will be if we do see Trey Lance in? Like, is he going to dial it back even more or like what do you guys think about that?
1: I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and it brings me back to what they did with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard and the fact that, like, we know how bad those guys are. (laughs) We generally know how terrible they are. And the fact that Kyle Shanahan has found ways to win with those guys, just, I mean, if he does what he did with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, they're going to see a lot more success because Trey Lance is that much of a better player. But as the season goes on, if he starts getting a little more fun with it, I mean, they are going to be, Electric to watch, I think, with Trey Lance. If they can, you know, start slow against two, you know, obviously you're, you know, the, the lines might be physical, but those are technically two pretty bad teams before they play Green Bay. And so if he can start slow and, and use those two weeks to, you know, while things look a little sloppy, to kind of ease everything in, you know, maybe run Debo out of the, you know, as a running back a couple times while we're still figuring things out. By midseason, we're looking at a team that is just insane to watch because they're using Trey Lance the way he should be used because he understands this because he is so smart and he can pick it up faster than normal quarterback would be
0: be able to pick it up. This is an interesting question from Nick who's watching on Periscope who asks, what game is set up as the letdown game? And I'm just looking at the schedule really quick. I mean, maybe Jacksonville week 11 because like not weeks nine and ten are both division games. They go Cardinals at home, then week 10 Monday Night Football against the Rams, and then you think, oh okay, let's exhale. We got the Jags here. They were terrible last year. That's the and the Bears. That's my letdown game. You think it's? I don't know. I think it's week 11. KP, what do you think for a letdown game for the Niners?
3: Kyle Shannon is about to lose to Kirk Cousins, man. Oh, I, I, just that's one
2: I was looking at too. Just
3: imagine, like he is gonna drive him, like he'll never be able to sleep again. If that <laughs> happens. But um, just yeah, it, it's always about the combination of games leading up to it. So Car- you just mentioned Cardinals, Rams, two you know divisional games that are going to be tough. They have a little bit of a let, or not so much letdown game, but easy game against the Jags. And then before you move on to the Seahawks, maybe they're caught looking ahead and Kirk Cousins. Uh, just has one of those Kirk Cousins blackout games. And, you know, the defense, he just gets the best of the defense. So I'm going with the Vikings. Fish, what? what's your answer?
2: Yeah, I was also looking at the same thing. And I actually think Minnesota is going to be a tough team this year. I thought they addressed some of their needs. Like, I thought Dalvin Tomlinson was a good get in free agency. He adds real size to their defensive line. And they still got some really good players. Like, Daniel Hunter coming back is going to make a big difference. KP, I know you're a big Cam Dantzler fan. And he had a pretty good rookie season. So.
3: He was I'm the best cornerback, the rookie does. cornerback. We can, we can be honest about this.
2: <laughs> really? Think, you thought he was better than the Chiefs guy?
3: Yes. And, and that think. was my other guy, too. So uh feels good sure. to be right every once in a while.
0: Oh, wow, break your arm, patting yourself on the back there. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm here's quite, the thing about
3: Justin Fields to the Niners.
1: <laughs> I think that the idea of, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance is going to be so exciting. There's going to be so much hype leading up to that game. And I just think that that's going to be the game where they just let you down somehow. That, you know, Justin Fields comes out with a chip on his shoulder. You didn't take me at three. You took this kid. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to beat him. And I think
3: that's the are, letdown game because I think that there's so much hype around that game. What are the odds that that game is Andy Dalton versus Jimmy Roppolo? Middle oh, of the season, so God. they have plenty Wait, of time oh, to get oh, ruin ready. it. But could you? <laughs> no, I know, I you know I'm that guy.
2: KP, I'm planning to go to that game. If Same. it's Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm selling my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's nothing not against those two players. It's nothing against watch those two players. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, it's gonna be October 31st is still gonna be cold. All right. I don't want to sit outside. Soldier Field is kind of crappy. The bench. It's like you're sitting on real benches. It's not like the greatest place to sit. And Bears fans are a little <laughs> wild. Like I don't want to object myself <laughs> to that to watch Andy Dalton versus Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: I that's it. that's right. the thing though. You're right. Like it, it changes the whole complexion of the game. And that's why I'm hoping that yeah, I'm sure the NFL is hoping, right? Like the NFL doesn't want to see Jimmy Garoppolo or Andy Dalton or Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> and Nick Foles. They want to see the two rookies going up against each other. The, oh. the NFL has got to step in and do the right thing here. Damn it. <laughs> it's 20% for me.
1: Like it there's, I just think it's slim to none, you know, that it wow. happens because I just don't think that I think that we're gonna. If, if oh, I, mean, I just thought about it and Matt Nagy is kind of an idiot, but the thing is, is if, <laughs> if, if, if Matt Nagy has any semblance of a brain in his skull, he's going to notice that Justin Fields is better than he Dalton. Like, and I just think that just like I say with Kyle Shannon, I think he's going to see that Trey Lance is better than Jimmy Garoppolo in training camp and in preseason and I think that, that those are going to be the teams that start for – those players will start for those teams at the beginning of the season. Personally, that's what I think. But, I mean, it's Matt Nagy, so I don't know. He might do something real stupid. But, I mean, God, I hope that's who it is. because I don't want to watch Jimmy Garoppolo and Andy
3: Dalton at all. So looking at the Bears' schedule real quick, their bye week is not until Week 10, and they obviously play the 49ers in Week 8. So they're going at Rams. No way you throw a rookie there. But then you no. go Bengals, Browns, Lions, Raiders. Mm. Why not throw the rookie into there in mean, one of those games at least? But who knows? Dalton might be you know be I, able to put up. I wouldn't numbers. want to throw him
2: into the Browns game.
3: True. Yeah, that's, no, that's that's a good point. Yeah. But here's the
0: other thing, though. Nagy and Pace, the GM, are hanging on by a thread, job awesome. security wise. Yeah. If you don't start Fields and they come out of the gate, I mean. If they lose to the Rams, maybe they beat Cincinnati. They they might lose to the Brown. Like, if you come out shaky, you can't really – you don't have time to wait to play the okay. rookie. The rookie the only thing keeping you employed.
2: Okay, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Uh, I, I look at the Fields thing as Deshaun Watson in Houston, his rookie year. Do you remember Tom Savage? They made this big <laughs> yes. circus about starting Tom Savage, and by the second half of week one – Justin, uh, Deshaun Watson was in the game. That's what I think is going to happen in Chicago too. And Andy Dalton's way better than Tom Savage. He's actually been a pretty solid quarterback through the entirety of his career, but these Bears fans here hate Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace so much. And they've been saved right now by the fact that they've drafted Justin Fields. If Andy Dalton even throws an incomplete pass, people are going to be clamoring for Justin Fields. So I I, I think that they're just going to bite the bullet because they're better off playing Justin Fields and him not being good than they are not playing Justin Fields and being a good team, I would say. Because people will always look at it as, yeah, you're pretty good, but what are we really going to do? Just get Justin Fields into the game. And then I had one thought in terms of the Niners because I look at the Niners and I look at their defense, and their defense especially – And I think it's actually underrated how good this defense is going to be. When you have Fred Warner, who's playing at the level he's playing at, you bring back Bosa, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, hopefully him and Tartar healthy. And if they are, that's a really dominant safety tandem. And then Verrett and all of that. I think this has potential not to be the 2019 defense, but to be a top two or three defense in the NFL and really dominate games. That's where I ask, like, if this defense goes out and dominates, and you know Jimmy Garoppolo's 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo, which is, Sometimes pretty good, sometimes pretty bad, sometimes, you know, kind of all over the place. But consistently this OK quarterback and the Niners like shoot up to this like 6-0 and or 5-1 and or 6-2 and start and you're like looking at it. Would you still look to insert Trey Lance or what would you do in that situation? Because th- it is a possibility, right? They've shown they can win games with Jimmy Garoppolo, no matter what all four of us think of Jimmy Garoppolo or what his true ceiling is and all of those things.
0: I'll go first. I'm done with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care how he's playing. Like he shouldn't play a snap unless Lance is hurt. But if you want to start the season with him because reasons, I don't know. Like I don't can't even imagine why you would start in week one. Like Lance needs to play. You traded up a ton to get him. But if you go with Jimmy week one, the second, the second you think Lance is ready in. I don't care how good Jimmy Garoppolo is playing. If you thought you could get there with Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance isn't on the team. Period. End of discussion. And KP, you said it earlier this offseason, and it was brilliant, and I give you credit every time I bring it up. If you need a better backup quarterback, you need a better starting quarterback, and that's what the 49ers have needed when Jimmy Garoppolo has been here. So even if Kyle wanted to play with Jimmy, I don't think he would last long enough for this to even become a problem.
3: So, I got to go with it. I got to go, but I want to leave you guys with this. Um, we were just talking about Ryan Pace and um, Matt Nagy. Lynch and Shanahan, yes, they went to the Super Bowl in 2019 when it was the perfect storm in the most literal sense. There are other seasons that happened <laughs> since then. <laughs> and last year, 2018 and 2017, were awful. So, with that in mind, Imagine getting to week eight because that's where that Justin Fields game is getting to week eight and not having any clue of the type of player Trey Lance is. So you just traded all of that draft capital for one of the biggest values is having a rookie quarterback on the Mm -hmm. rookie contract so you can invest in your other team or invest assets in the rest of your team knowing that you have no idea who Trey Lance is because you wanted to use a wildcat package for five to 10 plays again. What does that say about you? So yeah, that would be like terrifying knowing that we get that far into the season and just have no idea who the, um, (laughs) we just have no idea who Trey Lance, the player is. So yeah, that would be, that is another reason why I think he plays earlier than a lot of us think. And not us in here, but just the general public thinks and I think just once, uh once the media sees Trey Lance drop back and throw, mm-hmm. this wildcat stuff is gonna go out of the window. And they're, oh, Friday. that's why they traded up for him. So Friday, yeah, LA. I think Yo. yeah, uh, Friday, I like that. Yeah, just watch Friday. how the narrative, watch how the narrative changes as training camp gets underway, and, and that's what I'll leave you with. Um, take care, boys. This was fun. Take it easy,
2: KP. If they use Trey Lance the way the Saints use Taysom Hill, I will lose it.
3: I I think that is the stupidest
2: thing. I hate people just throwing it out. Oh, the Taysom Hill package. Oh, super cool. The Taysom Hill package. Yeah, (laughs) Taysom Hill's an undrafted player who plays as a part-time special teams player, and a third of the time he plays tight end. This is not the same thing. This doesn't give them reps. Remember the Ravens tried doing this when Lamar Jackson was a rookie, right? You remember they tried the Joe Flacco experience and Flacco would have his hands on his hip and roll his eyes. When Lamar would come in and run one read option play, that would barely work. And then finally their backs (laughs) were against the wall. They're a 500 team. They put Lamar in the game and they go five and one and make the playoffs because of Lamar Jackson's special ability to run. So, To me, this is like – I think that Taysom Hill idea and the Taysom Hill package thing is so stupid. And then I did want to say one more thing. So, KP brought up the idea of, like, what if you get to week eight and Justin Fields looks really good because the Bears inserted in and you don't know what Trey Lance is, how that could look. I'll say one thing that I – like, I hate saying this, but I think it's a reality of a fact that we don't talk about enough, right? Like, we look at Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. They have the worst of the worst reputations – Everybody looks at them like they suck and they need to be fired. Here's the problem. The two of them have had made two made the playoffs twice in the last three years. They've made the playoffs twice in the last four years. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have had three losing seasons in the last four years. So if you look at the difference in their perceptions, if that scenario that KP brought up happens, the perceptions on both of these guys, like these regimes could change very, very fast.
1: Yeah. And I think that the fact that, you know, your quarterback that you drafted hasn't played football in a year. Like, are we really going to have him play football for two years? Not, I, I cannot fathom Trey right. Lance sitting on the bench for two years straight while Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball to the other team. Like that would blow my mind if that happens. He has to play. Jimmy Garoppolo has to play at an all pro level for me to even think about starting him. And he has to play an all pro level from preseason on. Like it has to be like, he comes out against Kansas city and plays his one series, and he looks phenomenal. And he comes out against the Chargers. Phenomenal. Rams, just as the season goes on, continues it. Because the minute he stops, you know, he looks like he's, you know, not that guy, they have to make that decision quick because this is a kid who's sat for a year already. I do not want him to sit for a whole nother year, especially when he needs to learn how to play NFL talent. Despite the fact he doesn't get hit, he knows how to get out of the pocket, all that stuff. But NFL talent is still different than North Dakota State quarterback you. Slightly. Yes, slightly.
0: Uh,
2: I, before- I have I have a – if you don't mind, because I also got to head out soon, but I really have a problem with the Kansas City model. I think it's way too idealistic. I don't mm-hmm. think Kansas City went into that draft saying we need to get a quarterback. I think they started studying that quarterback's in the draft, and they said, whoa, there's this really special talent. Let's trade up and go get him because we're comfortable with Alex Smith. The Niners came into this draft and said we need a quarterback. Why Why? Why do I say that? Because a month before the draft, they traded three first-round picks to get to number three overall. So, And Kyle Shanahan told us in his press conference, everybody always takes Kyle's words literally. He said we needed a starting quarterback. We decided we needed one this year, and we went and got one. So the Kansas City model makes no sense to me. The other thing is Patrick Mahomes threw like 1,300 throws in college. His problem wasn't reps. It was right. the fact that he came from an air raid system, a system that the NFL hadn't adapted yet, and he had to learn how to get into a huddle. He had to learn how to, you know, spit out a play in a huddle and all of that when he used to just line up four receivers and he would just be drop back and throw. Trey Lance has the advantage because he did those things in college. His problem is he's unique in the sense that he's advanced from the standpoint is he's huddled. He's spit out long plays. He's been able to identify defenses, you know, and call out his protections though. I think other quarterbacks in this draft did it and didn't get credit for it. He was the only one that did, but he did do all of those things. Um, his big thing is that he just hasn't thrown the ball enough in real game reps. So like, as Nate said, like, do you just sit him one more year? He's not going to learn. I think any more from like a uh, psychological and all of like uh theory standpoint by sitting. For him, it's more about applying what he's learned and doing that. And that's where I think it comes back to when he's ready, whenever that is. If he's ready week one, play him week one. If he's ready week eight, and even if the Niners are six and two, play him week eight. If he's ready week two, play him week two. But whenever he's ready, he needs to be the starting quarterback for the Niners, regardless of what Jimmy's doing and regardless of what's going on.
0: I totally agree. You don't learn how to drive a car by watching somebody else do it. You learn by getting behind the wheel. All of his issues to me are only solved if he's actually on the field. So hopefully that happens. Uh, Let's wrap it up with this. I know I said I wasn't going to do it, but I have to, because I feel like every fan is doing the exact same thing now that the schedule is out. And what are we, if not fans? How many wins do you think the 49ers are getting this year, Nate? 12 and five. Wow, twelve and five. What are the five losses? Um, put me on the spot. Yeah. Um, Colts. You Seattle once.
1: Okay. L.A. once. Arizona once. All right. And one more. I don't even think they're gonna lose, but we'll we'll say the Minnesota game just for you know purpose on the show. But I mean there's a chance they could potentially go 13 and four, but I'm just, like <laughs> I just, that green Bay game is, is one of those games where it's just like, yes, that's a very good team with Aaron Rodgers, but that atmosphere at Levi's when they are good is unlike anything I've ever been in, in my entire life. Like I've been to sharks playoff games. I've been to giants world series games. I've yep. been to the warriors games when the Niners are good. That atmosphere and the NFC Championship game when the Niners played the Packers was unlike anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. And that is what it's going to be like on September 26th at Levi Stadium. It's going to be insane. And if they don't win that game, I'll be blown away, just like I would have been blown away if we drafted freaking Mac Jones.
0: (laughs) Vish, what about you before you head out?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go 11 and six. I'm going to say they lose, they go three and three within the division. I think there is going to be one Rams loss this year. I think people are sleeping on the fact that Matthew Stafford is going to make a real massive difference to that Rams offense. So I'm going to say three and three. They're going to split the division. I'm going to also say the Colts. That's my fourth. I'm going to pick Atlanta as kind of like a sleeper loss as the fifth one. And then I think that they're going to drop one of the I think they're going to drop a game between either the Packers or the Vikings. One of those NFC North games. Packers, Vikings, or Bears. I think they're just going to lose one of them just because maybe something goes wrong or they have a bad circumstance or something like that. I just think so. I think 11 and six is my conservative prediction. I always pick conservative when it comes to the 49ers because that's fandom superstition all the way. Like, even if I'm doing this objectively, (laughs) I still can't get that out of my mind. So, like, I'll be pleasant. Like, if they do, I'm hedging my bet, right? Because if they do poorly, I can be like, all right, I expected this. Just move on with my life. But (laughs) if they do, better than i can be like whoa they even surprised me i'm an idiot and then i can be like yeah 13 and four let's go
0: i'm gonna say i actually think that they are going to not split in i think that they are going to beat the cardinals twice but i think that they're going to lose to the rams twice so like it it's it's different kind of setup there um I think that they're going to lose to Green Bay, even though it's a tough environment, especially if it's Trey Lance. Like, I'll give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of, a, of love there, even though everyone's kind of pooping on him a little bit. I'll say they go, what is it, 11 and 6? what? Yeah, that's what Vish said. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go there. <laughs> I, I think that they could be really, really good. They could definitely be better than that, but Trey Lance is still a rookie. I think if they get into the playoffs – they could be extremely dangerous. They have as good a chance as anybody if they can get into the playoffs. I'll say that. Uh, before we go, really quick, I want to give a shout out to Nathan, and I'm sorry if I butcher your last name, Bobic, who's listening to us from Melbourne, Australia. Nice to know Niners Nation is international. We thank you very much. Thank you everybody for your comments. We really appreciate it. We're going to try and do more and more live broadcasts, especially throughout the uh, off season. Thanks again. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Leave a question in your review. We will be happy to answer it. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And I uh, we'll talk to Welcome you again soon. Welcome to
1: the 2022 hype train. We ain't stopping, baby. Let's go!